The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. It's going to be a football game tonight now. No doubt. It's going to be a football game here. Okay. I don't believe him. All right, let's go, baby. Let's get the side of the game. Fourth and goal. And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Falls. Touchdown. Make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max! Here are your hosts, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Eric Watkins. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max as we continue through the AFC and do a preview for the AFC North on uh, this edition of the podcast. We'll also be doing an AFC East preview, which you should be able to thumb through on your uh, podcast device or PC or whatever it is, you know, YouTube, whatever you use to listen to us. Uh, We're on Spotify as well. You know, so choose whether you want to listen to AFC North, AFC East. Hopefully you listen to both. But, you know, if you have a particular interest, they're both there for you. Uh, we'll talk about the Teddy Bridgewater uh, trade and the implications that has for the Jets uh, on the next podcast. So there is a little bit of news, but that's sort of it. We're we're trying to focus just on these previews so that they don't these shows don't get really long. And, you know, hey, the season's going to start next week. Next Thursday, it's, we're already talking about game one. So, uh, get ready, everybody. Ain't that far. And then week one of the college season starts this weekend. It already started today, actually. Uh, but, you know, the full weekend, the full week one begins on Saturday. Well, Eric is here with me as well. So, you know. Let, let's be real. At the time of this recording, we're seven days away from kickoff of the 2018 NFL season and yet these games don't count I mean nobody's really sitting through the glory that is Northwestern versus Purdue if you're a big Big Ten fan maybe again Northwestern and Purdue (laughs) still say Northwestern has been decent yeah, I know, decent. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> yes, they're decent, which is fantastic. If you were, you know, a school not legitimately known for football, so in Northwestern's eyes, that's smooth sailing. But you know, if you're like, say, oh, I don't know, a Michigan or. Even in Iowa in the Big Ten West. Yeah, decent doesn't cut it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe Northwestern can prove you 
wrong throughout the season. I don't really have a point in this. I'm an Arkansas fan, so I don't care. And I went to UNT. I have no care about Northwestern at all. But anyway, so let's uh, let let's get on with this here. The AFC North once again. It might be the Pittsburgh Steelers to take this thing, or it might be rather challenging for the whole division. It's kind of up in the air. We have to see what we get out of this. You know, the Steelers could continue to roll with the Killer Bees on offense, or their defense, especially, you know, in the middle of the field could be their, you know, issue. Or, you know, is is Joe Flacco going to, finally be the Joe Flacco again that we know and love with all the weapons that have been added. We'll talk about those. Are the Browns gonna do the hard knocks thing and actually improve? I mean, you can't really not improve from 0-16, but you know, I mean, make an actual challenge of it. And the Bengals, man, they're interesting as well because they have some issues of uh, losing people on defense that are important, but they're locked and loaded again on offense. So, uh, oh wow, we'll you were impressive against the Bills. Whoopee! Well, you know it's preseason. Everybody's either <laughs> impressive or not, or just absolutely woeful, like the Cowboys against the Cardinals. So, yeah, let let's discuss the uh, the Steelers for a second. Once again, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell is out there with want money contract situation he's not the only one there's there's a team we already talked about with a guy that might carry his on through the season the a team we haven't talked about that it looks like everything's about to get done as the season begins pretty soon that's not a the matter is Le'Veon Bell's gonna play it's just you know he's got that dispute out there Antonio Brown has some help and Juju Smith-Schuster who gets to step in the role of number two now that Martavis Bryant is gone, that defense is still got woes in the linebacking core. Uh, although the defensive backfield might have got a bit better, um, their uh, linebacker is it, it. Tremaine is the one that's with the Bills, right? So it's Tremond. Yes. Edmonds. Yes. Okay. He should uh, help them a lot up there with uh, with Bud Dupree. But I think, you know, we've seen Big Ben have some trouble at times with his psyche of, am I going to retire, am I not? What kind of Big Ben are we getting? Is he still going to be the Big Ben of old? Or I mean, what do you think? Could this be the year that we we finally see that slide down? I know we've been talking about it with Tom Brady, with Dupree's. But, man, we've seen it. When it happens, it just happens. I think you are going to have a little bit of a slide down simply because you're finally going to get the adjustment of not having Todd Haley there. That contentious relationship is now out of the atmosphere. But I think because he's paid attention to the whole TB12, the clinic, the methods, and he's taking a little bit better care of his body, better late than never, the slide down isn't going to be a total drop off. I think we've still got a year or two of Big Ben before we say, you know what, 
he's really got to go. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, certainly, it's look. He's he can't complain. He's got one of the best running backs in football. He's got the best wide receiver in football. There, uh, Smith Schuster has been tremendous. Uh, the the tight end core could uh, use some work, but he's he's made what it is out of that. Um, the offensive line is still strong. So offensively, as long as you avoid injuries. And he's been complaining a lot about Todd Haley, as you said, about, oh, I can't open up the offense, he restricts me, whatever. Well, you don't have any excuses now, you know. So, by all accounts, the Steelers should do what they've been doing, and that's continue to lead this division, you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, they also don't have the cataclysmic effect of Ryan Shazier going out during the season like he did last year. That absolutely deflated that defense last year. Uh, but they bring back the guys that made the differences and Stefan Tuitt, TJ Watt, Joe Hayden. Uh, Cam Hayward had a heck of a year last year. Uh, can he do that again? Like I said, you know, they moved Bo Dupree over uh, to make room. So uh, for Edmonds, and it's just like that team should do – what we expect them to do. I, I think it's more about what the other teams do in this division as far as are they going to be a challenge to the Steelers more than... it's. I think it's some of the same thing as... Whereas the AFC East, it's almost a sort of done deal. This one is more about if we see the flashes that we expect from these other teams, the Steelers might have you know a tougher time of it. I will say they are going to have some measure of competition in this division from Baltimore, but overall it's not going to be that tough. I mean, if anything, we're not going to talk about, oh, they're going to struggle to win the division. I see them as, oh, they're going to maybe struggle to get a first-round buy or maybe struggle to get the number one seed in the AFC. Because with this, even if they split with the Ravens, you're easily talking, I'll say, one fluke and going four and two in this division. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, that that's it's just, it kind of just depends on some factors, right? And, mm-hmm. But if the Steelers do what they've been doing, they should take care of this, this division, whether they split with one of the teams or not. Uh, and if you win six of those games, you're already halfway, more than halfway there. Uh, even exactly. though it, with the AFC the way it is sometimes, ten wins may not be enough, but you're still, that, that does you a, a bill of good to do well against your uh, division. Let's hold off on the Ravens for a little bit here. Let's talk about the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. That is John Ross back healthy. Tyler Eifert back healthy. How long though? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I laugh, but seriously, you always have to say how long because it seems almost inevitable that Tyler Eifert will go down at some point. As sad as that is, because when he is there, he's a huge weapon for Andy Dalton. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon needs to step it up. There's no Jeremy Hill to take 
carries away from him this time. It's the Joe Mixon show. And he needs to prove that. The thing is, this offensive line, even though uh, they've added uh, some key weapons to that offensive line, I still worry about that. You know, one of them's a rookie. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, I, I don't know what to make of that. Of Okay, Andy Dalton has A.J. Green out there. If John Ross yep. can, can stay healthy, he's got Tyler Eifert out there. He's got the weapons. It's can yes. be protected. And that's probably going to be a no. And it will be a little bit sad because so far this is really the best that Andy Dalton has looked in quite some time. But honestly, because of this O-line and because of really the fragility of the offense in general, I think that we're going to see an implosion. And I honestly think this is finally the year where Marvin Lewis gets the boot. You think they don't even... uh... They don't even do, like, let him go through that 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 second year? Uh, I, personally, though, he's been on a little bit of a hot seat for some time because he's basically been the modern-day Mari Schottenheimer. Yes, you can get us to the playoffs, but... You don't win when you get there. And they've given him chance after chance after chance. And I honestly think even if they manage to do something, which I personally don't think they won't, yeah, he's, his clock is ticking mighty fast. But if they implode, like I see that they have got the potential of imploding, you'll be lucky to last through the end of the season. No, certainly. Uh, that's something you, you gotta worry about if they do implode badly. <laughs> uh, and look, and again, all it takes sometimes is we've seen some crazy injuries happen or Andy Dalton kind of goes back to the middling Andy Dalton. And or perhaps this defense with, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins just got biggest senses and they deserve them. They've been uh, stalwarts for that defensive line and they're, that's their strength. Uh, you know, Darkwoods Denard has uh, been pretty good. William Jackson shown a, really well last season. Uh, they lose Pac-Man Jones and George Ioka. Those are two sort of big losses. I think they can compensate for them. My worry is is in the linebacking core and if they can hold up in, in passing situations there for them. If they have to get into a shootout, I don't necessarily trust the Bengals on that end. Not at all. And I don't necessarily think they're going to be getting into a lot of shootouts, but even if they can hold teams to, you know, 20, 21 points, I don't know if you're going to get that consistent performance from Andy Dalton and the offense to match that and keep them within games. Yes, uh, there's going to be some weeks where everything will line perfectly and you'll get those wins, but that's not going to happen too regularly. Yeah, this is why I feel like this is such a big deal for Joe Mixon this year. Yes, he's going to have to battle with what if Billy Price and Corey Glenn aren't enough for that line to improve, 
but he has got to be that guy that sort of takes the pressure off. Andy Dalton allows A.J. Green, John Ross, Tyler Eifert to go up there and, and get it and move the ball down the field. If you can't run that ball, you're putting a lot of pressure on the wrong guy. Uh, so I feel like Joe Mixon is going to be a huge, obviously the offensive line is what to make holes, but Joe Mixon is going to be a huge key. If he can get out there, you know, catch some balls out of the backfield and getting those 100 yards a game or mostly just being a force, maybe causing them to have to bring somebody down extra into the box or whatever you need to get that single coverage. I, I just, he is vitally important to this offense and making them work. Absolutely. And he's pretty much lived up to these situations where, as you said, where he's been kind of that number two guy in really when it's been by committee. But now, and knowing that as things get later in the season, you're right. Teams are going to be saying, hey, we can stack up the box and stop him. Let's see him literally try to run through us. Can he? Has he shown that he can? Well, at times, yeah, but you got to do it more often than that to be the bell cow. Yeah, certainly. And I, that was the excuse last year, right? Is that they relied too much on the committee. They didn't get Mixon. Yep. Mixon wasn't in play enough. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's that's not an issue, as it seems like anyway. I don't know how much uh, Giovanni Bernard's still there. I Can't believe remember. he is. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much uh, they're going to try to use him as the scat back still. or I hope that they, if they're going to use him, use him in passing situations. Let Joe Mixon be that the running guy. He is your running back, period. End of story. Uh, That being said, another team that was sort of searching for a running back last year, they found one finally in Alex Collins. He needs to continue to improve, but you kind of knew what you were getting out of him. The question coming into the season was Joe Flacco. Is Joe Flacco. They got Lamar Jackson in the draft. Uh, You don't. Was that the setup after Ozzie Newsome left? Was that to sort of maybe get Joe Flacco to have to pay attention, to be on point? Mm-hmm. But they didn't just leave him out to dry. They went out and got Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. Hayden Hurst is going to be injured for a little bit, but he's a uh, pretty good uh, rookie tight end that's going to come in at some point. You have players now. Absolutely. Avoiding injury, you have players. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, John Brown and Willie Sneed had, had some issues on that end. But, yeah. Even then, with Crabtree being your primary receiver, and with Flacco, he's rarely been in situations where he's pushed. The last time we've seen Flacco in a situation where he was pushed, was his contract year. What did he do in his contract year? Had a great regular season, a flat-out insane playoff run, helping lead that defense, send Ray Lewis out a Super Bowl champion one more time. Mm -hmm. 
since then, he's got paid. He's become another one of the million-dollar men, or hundred-million-dollar men. He did go through some big injuries during that time, too. Yeah, yeah, he did, but at the same time, it's like, yes, even with dealing with injuries and all this and that, I got paid. There's nobody really pushing me. There's no plan. I'm the man. I can just take a step back. Well, now, thanks to Ozzie Newsome, his last season as GM, he's basically saying, no, you're not going to be the man unless you really step up. You got your money, but now you've been in the league a decade. We're going to start looking towards the future. And the fact that they specifically got Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round to where they could get a fifth-year option on his rookie deal, that's saying they know they're going to have to make a transition. They know he's got to sit, learn an NFL offense, learn how to be an NFL quarterback with his raw talent, but they know at some point he's going to be there. Getting RG3 as the backup to be more of a mentor to him in some ways, that's the whole idea. So now finally Flacco's saying, hey. It's ironic they were saying RG3 is a, a mentor, but yes. Well, I mean, yes, I do see the irony in that, but... If you got a guy with Lamar Jackson's athletic talent, who right. do you want him learning from best? Another guy with similar athletic talents. You just hope to God that he knows how to slide better and not screw up his knee. Right. But that's... Uh, do you think that they will come up with a package for Lamar Jackson and feature him at all? Or do you think that Lamar Jackson's only coming in if... Joe Flacco either gets hurt or they say, okay, we've seen enough. Let's start the new era. Jackson's only going to come in if Flacco gets hurt. I think ideally they want a package of plays for him. And maybe later in the season, that'll be a plan. But with what he's shown in the preseason right now, he's a little bit too raw to even risk that. Yeah. I agree with you there. It's, you know, it's, you still got to figure, you know, hold the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't just run around with it. Um, you know, it, you got to worry about if he throws it just errantly. So, uh, yeah. and, and in, in the NFL, one of those possessions can be a game changer. So, you can't throw him out there to possibly give you a turnover, and that's that's all he does, and that's the impression that you get of him, and it puts him in a bad situation, and it makes the Ravens look bad too for drafting him that high at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So I think you, like you say, you need to be careful with him. And look, you got to see what Joe Flacco's got. Oh yeah. Right at the end of the day, and if he can't, he can't do it. What you've given him now, he has no excuses. You got all these weapons. You got a running back that's that can both catch the ball and and run. You have got an offense that can finally move the ball around. That mm-hmm. is the one problem that Ravens have had in recent years is they re- rely way too much on the defense, which, again, mm-hmm. they've got plenty of talent to do this. They're going to be missing Jimmy Smith the first four games. That's going to hurt. But still... 
They've got young corners. They got Eric Weddle out there. They still got Terrell Suggs. Um, so, you know, for what you need this defense to do, hopefully it's you don't need them to do everything. It's no, we're here to cause havoc, give you more possessions, and you put up points. Yeah, and I honestly think because of all this and with this setup, and just from what I've seen the preseason, Flacco was primed to have his best year since that Super Bowl run. Now, unfortunately, well, depending on how you slice it, that could mean good things for Baltimore, but getting to the playoffs, very strong possibility. Having a playoff run, I don't think so. Not this year. Yeah, but just getting to the playoffs mm-hmm. would be a good thing. For them Absolutely. Right now. And again, the way that the division is set up, the way that the rest of the AFC is set up, they're going to be contenders. All right. So let's talk about the anomaly that is the Cleveland Browns right now because they finally have, whether they play Tyrod Taylor, whether they, whether, well, you feel like, whether, whether they play Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield, they have a competent quarterback. Yes. That's there. So you're not worrying about, okay, we don't know what we have as the leader, as the guy going out there under center and throwing passes and, they also both have talent of being able to run around and make plays, which that helps as well. Uh, they have Carlos Hyde. We'll have to see what kind of Carlos Hyde uh, you get there, along with Duke Johnson in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You bring in Jarvis Landry, who was a force for Miami, uh, regardless of who they had at quarterback. Uh, Josh Gordon, is he going to be there? It looks likely... That's always a question mark, but if he's on the field, he is one of the best receivers there is. David Njoku's you know, young tight end developing. Antonio Callaway, they got rid of uh, Corey Coleman because they thought Callaway could kind of do the same thing. They chose not to sign Des Bryant. Maybe that's a decision that happens later on in the year. Who knows? Maybe Des mm. just wants to go into another team instead because somebody else gets hurt. But, mm. you know... We'll see. I, I've got I, I've got my Dez theories. <laughs> yeah, what's, whatever it is, whether Dez asks for too much money or, you know, the or he's whether he's a cancer in the locker room, whatever it is. Ding 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 ding. Right ding. now, <laughs> the the Browns have a good situation going on. You have good pieces on defense. I still think they're a year away, honestly, from putting mm-hmm. it all together. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they went six and ten, seven and nine, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing either. Because it could happen. They could win. Look, they won no games last year. Correct. If you win, if you win five, that's a plus. It might mean that Hugh Jackson's not the coach next year, but it's a plus for the team. I don't know about that. I mean, personally, if you're talking a win threshold, how many does Hugh need to keep his job? I would say four. Really? I, I would say six, but... Oh, come on. One in 31. 
one in thirty-one. That's what they spent the last. You made the investment in Tyrod. Yes. Whether he plays the whole year or it's or Baker comes in in the middle, you and... you brought in Jarvis Landry. You went through the whole charade with Josh Gordon all this time. They're also like their schedule. It's yeah. the outside of the division because they're a last place team. But even then, it, it, the man isn't a damn miracle worker. I'm not uh-huh. saying that they're only going to win four. But what I'm saying is four and 12, that's considerably a marked enough improvement to where, okay, we're finally on an upswing. Yeah, but they might see it as, okay, we got four wins. We got the pieces we need, but maybe this is not the guy to to lead us to the next echelon, you know? And that could entirely be true as well. I don't discount that. I'm just saying that, hey, they're not going to do, like, what they did with... I am blanking on his name. The year Brian Hoyer got hurt and they fired the coach after one year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know who you're, who you're talking about. Exactly. I think the front office where you talk about competence, you finally have some people that know what they're doing instead of running around with their thumbs up their ass for the first time in over a decade. (laughs) They've got a plan. Dorsey's got a plan. So I think that threshold is going to be lower. Now, are they going to pass that threshold? Yes. I think by the time the calendar turns to October, the victory fridges will be completely devoid of Bud Light in Cleveland. Padlock's gone, they'll still be somewhat fresh, and Cleveland fans will still be remembering that they're drinking Bud Light, which is, again, another story. (laughs) I personally think, yeah, this is a third-place seven-win team. And Baker's going to have the whole year to sit behind Tyrod Taylor and learn. So that way, as we're talking about the 2019 season, he's got a much better foothold and more ready to be the starting quarterback. And if they do even better than that as a 500, then who knows? They'll finally be throwing a parade for something positive in that city. (laughs) Oh, you're not wrong there. (laughs) Uh, But... Yes, uh, I think that you know you got to worry about the defensive backfield because Denzel Ward is having to carry a lot of the load there. Is Triple mm-hmm. Pepper is going to get better? Uh, you know, again, you have a spine. It's just will that spine be enough to help the rest of that team together? Uh, that's going to be interesting uh, on the defensive end. But honestly, I think it comes down to the two teams that seemingly are always battling it out in the Ravens and Steelers here. Uh, I'm going to give the edge actually to the Steelers here just out of experience, out of having been there. Uh, I think that people know this might be the last, the last time the Killer Bees are together. Mm-hmm. let's go out there and make one more out of it for Big Ben and for Le'Veon and, and every, you know, Mike Tomlin to, to, to keep things steady Eddie there. I feel like the Ravens are going to push them close. 
I feel like we like I agree with you that Joe Flacco could back go back to his his previous form there. We've seen in the past, especially with that defense. If it's anything like last year's at all, I don't know. I just feel like they're gonna come up a game short or something like that. Maybe they lose. Uh, maybe they lose both to the Steelers, and that's what does them in. I just feel like this this division is gonna be a lot more interesting than it has been recently. Absolutely, and I too, I see the Steelers. They're not running away with it this year. They're not, but they are gonna win the division. And as I've said, I think they're in a very good position when you stack up the other potential division winners in the rest of the conference that they could be, again, in position for a great run. I think the Ravens are going to come close, but I think coming in second, I would say worthy enough of a wild card spot. And honestly... Even with the cast of characters on Hard Knocks, with everything that's going on, how I see it and how I see things assembled, I have the Browns finishing third, and I've got the Bengals telling Marvin Lewis to pack his suitcases after a last place finish. Uh, that's where I. That's the exact same four that I have. I have the Steelers mm-hmm. over a game. By the Ravens, I have the Browns at seven and nine, pulling a surprise third spot, and I had the Bengals in fourth. So, you know, maybe you differ greatly. It's probably gonna differ as the season goes along. That's what's so great about these—you can make all these predictions you want, and it doesn't matter anything because it could go completely bonkers. Uh, for all we know. For all we know, going into uh, this season. But it's just exciting that right now the last preseason games are being played or have been played. And you're now into the final stretch. The cut days are going to happen. The, the That final week is going to be here. We're going to be talking about that first game when we hit Thursday next week. It's here, people. Get ready. Get ready. Finish your fantasy drafts. We are doing that on the 3rd and 4th for the leagues that have to do with the site and for the podcast. It, it's going to be a fun year. I'm already super excited. This, this is going to be awesome. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to express that when we start talking about actual games that matter. But as far as this uh, division preview, I think that's going to do it for us here. Hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. You'll hit subscribe, football to the max. Uh, you can catch us on any kind of podcatcher that you have out there, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is you want to listen, we are there. Uh, and if we're not, for some reason, let us know at WTimShawn at Squid Sportshead. I will rectify that as quickly as I possibly can. And hey, uh, visit that WTimNet.com and we'll see you guys. Well, maybe you're hearing us just hit another play button on the AFC's preview. If not, we'll be back on Sunday hitting into that NFC with the NFC West and South. And then Monday we finish it out, NFC North and East. So won't be taking us too long to get through those. And all right, until then, 
We'll see you later, everybody. Peace.